During the last weeks of Lent and on Palm Sunday and in Father Ernest's wonderful play, we have been hearing the accounts of the grim sequence of events which led to Jesus' execution on Golgotha. As all the gospels make clear, the crucifixion did not come out of nowhere. For a long while, Jesus' mission had provoked deeper and deeper hostility from the authorities. The religious and political parties that struggled with each other for power in Judea were all coming rapidly to the shared conclusion that whatever their own differences, this man Jesus was a menace to everyone. Even the Roman government was on the verge of getting involved as the storm grew. Jesus had just entered Jerusalem, hailed by crowds as the son of David. He closed down the temple by stopping the sacrificial cult. This man was extremely dangerous to Rome and the religious leadership alike. And his message had been no better. Repent, turn around, because the status quo is over. God's new relationship is breaking in right here, right now. That message really bothered the people who ran the status quo or who wanted it changed in their own way. Jerusalem was torn with plots, violence gathered. In the darkness that gathered this night in Jerusalem, one room was filled with a quiet light. Amid the terrible pressure and threat of violence, Jesus, obeying his father's commandment to Israel, gathered his family of followers together to celebrate the Passover in the upper room. As Luke in his gospel opens a window into that room that night, what do we see? Against the backdrop of hatred gathering outside, we see a room called to be in peace and fellowship around the Passover dinner table, remembering the God who in love had freed all Israel and claimed them as his own. We hear Jesus speaking and acting in that same love. In contrast to the vicious self-service of some politicians and priests outside of that room, we see Jesus serving poor people in humility. Outside enemies are making temporary coalitions to get rid of Jesus. Inside, we see Jesus gathering his apostles to him as his friends. Outside is the dark. Inside, there is light. In the light of that upper room, Jesus deliberately told his disciples that his death was right at the door and that he intended his death to be a sacrifice. He did that in is now obscure to most of us, but which then would have been shocking and extraordinary for any Jew. That night, he took upon himself to change the ritual of the Passover meal, adding words of his own where no one ever added any words. After he spoke the traditional thanksgiving for bread, he then said, this is my body given for you. After the blessing of the traditional cup of thanksgiving, he added, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Thus he made two of Passover's most traditional actions into ways his followers could share in his death, right down to the present day, share in the sacrifice of his body and blood. 
He did that so they could share together with him in a new covenant, the new and final salvation God was working out through him. Ever since, we have come together around the Lord's Supper, hoping to find there that family of light and love against the darkness we sometimes encounter in our jobs, in our communities, our schools, the darkness we have seen again in COVID-19 and blasts of gun violence and the riptide of racism. It is right that we should expect a community of light and love gathered at this table here at St. Luke's this night. It is God's will. But light is not always what we experience in ourselves when we come. Like the disciples, some darkness comes in the door with us. What do we bring? Surely we bring much that is truly at home in Jesus' table. The gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, care, faith, service, obedience to God. That is no illusion. The new covenant and in Jesus' blood is truly inaugurated here, and it has made a life-changing difference to us all. But we bring other things, too. Not all the darkness dwells outside. Judas was at that table. The disciples fought about who was the greatest of them. Some of us may show up at Jesus' table hurt or confused. Somehow we can deal with the mixture of good and evil better outside in the world. But when it shows up here at Jesus' table, it's hard to bear. It can even turn some people away in revulsion back out into the night. Now, let me underline one thing which the gospel stories told about this night and St. Paul's account of it in 1 Corinthians 2. All of them make clear. This upper room, this table of the Lord's Supper is not neutral ground. The light of this night exposes what is brought here. It is not a good idea to be here if one has definitively decided not to follow God's way of love. We are accountable to be faithful to our Lord. We are accountable to follow the new covenant of love and the way of the cross in our daily lives. God's exposure of different motives and purposes began at that very first Lord's Supper. As soon as Jesus gave the disciples the cup of wine, which was the new covenant in his blood, Luke tells us, he immediately said, Behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. And they all wondered who it was. In the Gospel of Mark, they all ask him, Is it I? For really, which of those disciples there that night was not capable of disowning or even betraying Jesus? We know what the light of Christ exposed in Judas, whom Jesus himself had called years before as his disciple. That same light shines every time we come together at the Lord's table. So St. Paul tells us, let no one eat unworthily. Oh, but if that sentence of St. Paul is understood wrongly, no one here tonight could come to this table. Not you, I'd guess, and certainly not me, 
who is fully worthy. In fact, no one could have come to the first Lord's Supper except Jesus alone, if that was the criterion. What did Jesus' light reveal that night in those who had come at his invitation? A group of perfect saints, an immaculate circle of love, understanding, and obedience? Not hardly. What was in Jesus' circle of light and love? Hatred and betrayal? fault-finding and recrimination, competition and rivalry. Within the inner circle of Jesus' disciples at the very moment of the first Eucharist. But pay the closest attention. It was to those very people that Jesus gave the cup of wine that is the new covenant in his blood. That night, the church was a place for sinners. It was a place for people to come who knew they did not deserve to be there. They found judgment all right, but above all, they found mercy and infinite love. They brought some darkness with them, but it was to them and to us, just as we are, that Jesus offered a share in his atoning death. He loved them and gave himself for them. He loved us and loves us now as he gave himself for us. That is true tonight here at St. Luke's to all of us present at this table by streaming. Jesus' table, which is this table, is a place for those who need God. And he took bread and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Where does the light in the upper room come from? Whence does the love and forgiveness, the humility and free service spring from? Not from the disciples gathered there, not from us gathered here. It sprang from one person, one source. Jesus said, this is my body, which is given for you. He said, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. He said, I am among you as one who serves. The light is God's through Jesus. The love of God is God's through Jesus. The free, humble servant service is God's through Jesus. We are called tonight, just as we are, to grow as a family of love and service, and in the world outside of us, and not only here. That's not grounded in us. It is grounded in God. We have no grounds for self-righteousness. We have no grounds to pride ourselves over against anybody, anybody here, anybody outside. If we can forgive each other, it is because God forgives us in Christ. If we can love, it is because love himself died to love us to life. To end human bloodshed, love shed his own blood. Let us come as beloved and forgiven people together tonight 
to that one source, to him. Let us pray. Almighty God, we pray you graciously to behold this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.